0: And now, from beyond our dimension, this is the Jeff Mara Podcast. Here's Jeff. My guest is Carol Day, visionary teacher, psychotherapist, artist, and director of the Center for Creative Vision in Scotland. She is trained with well-known visionaries and psychologist Marshall Rosenberg. She's here today to talk about helping people vision the life they dream of living using shamanic tools and earth whispering practices. Carol, thank you for joining me and welcome.
1: Thank you so much, Jeff, for inviting me.
0: Carol, how did you get involved in shamanism in the first place?
1: So, originally, I guess I've been involved in it all my life, but it was an experience that I had that took me to knowing what it was that, that I was experiencing basically. Um, but the, the kind of the opening event was when my grandmother died and um, I kind of had an experience where I later found out, I, you know, part of me had gone with her mm. and I had a, an experience with the flowers on her coffin uh, where I, I blended with the, the flower realms. And it, yeah, it just took me, uh, and then I went into a huge um, losing of all my energy and my powers. And it was from a, it was from a friend actually who'd come round one day with a video all about the Kogi. Um, And then also I'd gone to the bookshop, um, local bookshop that sold lots of books um, on um, spirituality. And I'd found the same book in the same week so the Kogi and finding out all about shamanic initiation that had happened like a year before this experience so I already kind of had a map of oh I wonder if this is what's happening so then I just went on a long search to study to um, read to go on workshops went to India to kind of look at you know just um, feel more into the spirituality there So that was the opening event, and then um, the path just unfolded from there, really. But it was a seven-year, 17-year journey of um, being in the darkness and um, getting my power back, really. And and then in that space of what you could describe as the darkness, actually being very much in touch with the, the spirit worlds.
0: So the experience you had, we commonly call on the podcast a shared death experience. And that's what it sounds like to me. So when your grandmother crossed over, you crossed over with her?
1: I did, but I didn't know that that was what happened because I think, you know, that's normal, isn't it? So you, you feel different, but you it's, I guess it's different for different people, that experience. But um, I didn't understand um, that that's what happened. And then I had to work to bring that part back in again.
0: Can you take us through the experience?
1: Well, at the time that she died, which was around five in the morning, I woke up, bolt um, upright, and just and just felt different and and felt something, and then knew that um, she must have died at that time. Uh, but it was it was mainly, you know. And then I just carried on living, not really realizing that something quite big had happened. And it was really at the funeral when when her coffin appeared, um, came out of the hearse. And just, I just went into, I guess it's a bit like, you know, when you go underwater, but I, 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 it was, it was the flowers. It was the carnations and the the pinks and the, and the reds. I just broke down and just, just sensed the world as, as the flowers. And it was, you know, it was freaky. I, 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 I didn't know what to do with that. It was really challenging for the ego. Um, and then when it was her birthday, we have the same birthday. So I think it's quite often, and I, I work with different people um, over the years with shamanic and counselling work. It's quite normal for the, the maternal grandmother and with the consolation work that I do as well, the, to be quite, it's little Red Riding Hood stuff, isn't it? There's quite, um, quite a connection there. But we had the same birthday as well. So when it was our birthday, I was looking out to the sea on the um, a month after she, she died, and I had the same experience again. Um, with the flowers and um, the flowers are in the book as well, um, but yeah, there's there's, I mean, I've tr- I've traced it through the the gypsy lines, the Romany lines, and the connection to flowers through that.
0: Has she tried to contact you, or have you had any contact with her since she's transitioned?
1: In dreams, yeah, regularly in dreams, um, and. I've journeyed back into the dreams to make that connection. Um and through journeying as well. I used to, I used to go to a lot of trance dancing. And sometimes in the trance dances, I'd really connect connect with her. Um yeah, but not not like a visitation. Like mm-hmm. I think everybody's different, aren't they? In the way that uh, we make these connections more in dreams and and in um in knowings, really. Sometimes
0: I think people have visitations in dreams, especially when a person like your grandmother will appear much younger. Did that happen?
1: Um, no, it was um, it was the same. It was the when she was older mm-hmm. that she was in, in the significant dreams that I can remember. I did have that experience with my dad when we're going, we're going on to another experience now when my dad died. Mm-hmm. Um, is it okay to talk about that a little Sure, bit? sure. That might be interesting. So when my father died, he had a heart attack. So he was on a ventilator for a while. And then, um, you know, it was it was. The doctors knew that he wasn't going to live. So my mother, my aunt and I were around the bed when um, they turned turned it off. So it took about an hour and a half. Um, and so I journeyed with him, um, with my mother and my grandmother there, and went through the different stages. So we basically went through um, earth, air, fire, and uh, well, earth, water, fire, and then air um, with with the experience. But right at the end, where you know when we were getting to through the to the air bit, he took me right to the top of the of the hill. And he went back to being the age that he would have been when he was caught in my mum. So I was able to say to my mum, because my mum and my auntie are very open as well, oh, he's, he's taking me to a place. And and then um he told me where the place was. And I told her, and she said, Oh, that's where we used to go all the time when we were when we were um one another. Um and he just sat there at the top and smoked a cigarette. Um, and then and then an eagle came and um and then he went, and I couldn't go any further with him so yeah I had the experience when he died that he went back to this special place and he, he went back to that age as a kind of parting point but that was so comforting for my for my mother um and then um they went they went there my brother and my mother for a few years afterwards on the anniversary of his death
0: you mentioned that you had this dark period in your life what happened to you that caused you to go into that dark period?
1: Well, it was my grandmother dying. I've, we, I think our souls were so connected um, that when she when she went, it, and I think this is really common as well, isn't it? It's almost like a such a big soul connection, and then when somebody who you have that affinity with isn't there anymore, there's not that holding energy on earth so it was a real sense of loss and grief but I also think and uh, well I know that a part of me went to the other side as well so in shamanism you call that soul retrieval and that's quite common uh, for for people who are shamanic practitioners to um to journey with people to bring you know parts of the soul back from another realm but also I really believe that you know even though I felt in the darkness, a part of my soul was having an experience um, that um, when, when it came back, there was there was more um insight there. But for me, these these initiations have happened at different points in my life. And I always feel I have a massive um a massive dip into the abyss when someone close to me dies. It's you know, it's just classically uh what happens and one of the things that i try and do is reframe some mental illness kind of labels as actually being initiatory journeys that that when we when we come back through from them we, we come back through with with extra insight and wisdom and an ability to connect to to so much more
0: you also mentioned that you were able to get your power back how did you do that
1: it took a long time um, I guess I followed my nose, Jeff. Um, I, I mean, I, I don't know, uh, how you are. The, the viewers might have experienced that when some people call it depression, don't they? Some people call it just like not feeling like yourself since something happened. Um, and it's such a, it's such a joyless, helpless space. And I guess there's, a real need then to be very serious about going on some kind of spiritual search, and 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 just researching and and looking for how how do I get how do I get Carol back? I mean, I don't think I got Carol back. I think Carol became someone else um, that was much wiser. You know, I always had this idea I'd go back to being how I was before, but actually, I became somebody who could live with an awareness of all the, you know, all the different realms in the end. Um, but I've, I just found some great people on the way books would drop off of um, shelves in bookshops, all about shamanism or about, um, you know, I went and did some counselling training as well. So I was really able to look at, uh, look at depression from uh, a kind of, Point of view of needing a lot of listening and space holding and empathy and all of those mentioned Marshall Rosenberg at the beginning and that practice of just having empathy for and listening you know that there's a wisdom that comes when we listen to okay what am I needing in this space so yeah so how how to come out of the darkness was a period of just having lots of inspirers um, who'd been through similar journeys and through through shamanic practice, what some call shamanic practice of uh yeah just going going and asking the spirits getting guidance and and coming back with a map really yeah so it's, it's a process of transformation isn't it to mm-hmm. um to work out that we're, we're so much more than we think we are so from those experiences we we come back with a map of of um a multi-realmed experience rather than a, a single realmed uh belief system.
0: You write about the visionary formula. Can you tell us more about that?
1: Yeah, so I'm really I'm really passionate about I think I think that's one of the the definitions, isn't it, of uh the visionary or the shaman or the seer, or um I mean I see it as being the artist as well. I'm originally an artist and I'm just so curious about creative energy and how it works and used to work with children as well and um I know you've you've um got a passion for working with with children um and just you know seeing how the tick and 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 how connected they are but basically um from the experience that I had and you know you just get such a lot of love and compassion for other people that have been to that level of suffering or different levels of suffering in their own way so there's a real calling then to kind of try and work out how to how to help and share that experience and also there's an understanding that there's so much more than we think there is there's a there's a calling then to to just support um support a, a worldview that can to be able to come into being that can understand and include all that so the visionary triangle the visionary formula um is made from that it's it's got nature knowing trust and then presence in the center so the way that i've been working with people i i, I have a practice where i i help people to become practitioners and work with um shamanism, visionary work, and set up their own practices or, or, or become artists in a way that um, that is very visionary as well. So the triangle is basically, if we can be really present and just come into a place of, of, of just being with, then we can start to sense and feel so much more. And if we develop that knowing inside, that's one of the points of the triangle and just get to bring that knowing more and more through and let it grow. So that intuition, that that knowing, one of the definitions of the word shaman is, is they who know, she or he or they who know. And so it's, it's cultivating that knowing. And then if I can be in nature, which is one of the other points of the triangle, then nature it holds um holds a way of being and if I can come back into sync with and feel myself as part of nature I mean nature holds the vibration it it works at the frequency of the alpha um which is the alpha wavelengths and in our thinking cells we're very much of that beta kind of planning but nature brings us into the alpha which is when we're more visionary and then we go to um delta theta which is even slower and that's when the the visions and the trance and and the openings come even more, but being in nature brings us to that place of attunement as well. And then the trust—the trust—is is my favorite, and it's you know that's classically what happens when we're plunged into that darkness, when we're going into the initiation, and we don't have anything to hold on to anymore. You know that everything's changed, but there's a trust that we develop of oh something's happening and it's that trust that that opens everything up and allows us to to basically um let go to to, to for the ego to let go and to to become more open to um, that visionary way of being
0: a lot of my audience are people who are grieving over the loss of a loved one just like you did mm-hmm. and I believe that these videos that I produce of near-death experiences bring them hope and relief. Yeah. Obviously, you don't counsel people in near-death experiences, but how do you help people who are grieving over the loss of a loved one?
1: That's beautiful. You know, quite often I do work with people who've had near-death experiences because those people quite often are the people that... Um, that are looking to understand their experience and it's quite often the shamanic you know one of the makeups of the people that um pursue shamanism um but in the yeah the question that you asked there around how do you just supporting people with with grief I've worked a lot with grief counseling and it comes up a lot in you know every circle that I hold there's there's the grief component there but grief for me is an initiator it's just such a powerful force and I guess one of the things that is um is key is that we don't push it away we we acknowledge that things are not going to be the same we acknowledge that level of pain that's there and we sit and trust someone's process with that grief yeah, I work a lot um with the, the grief cycle as well. And it, you know, you go backwards and forwards, don't you? But um I think I talk about this in shamanic in the book Shamanic Dreaming as well, just around it, you know, at the, at the in the Greek mythology, at the at the gates of um of death or at different points of change, there are the the gateholders of despair, of um grief of all the all the difficult emotions the difficult to to hold emotions basically but I think one of my beliefs and and knowings is that because we put we push away talking about these things because we don't naturally hold these spiritual counseling spaces for um, what's experienced at death is that we miss out a lot of what we can we can open to so, yeah, so in answer to that question, it's it's very much sitting with and and holding space for and listening and having empathy for everything that someone's feeling and just accept you know that whole kind of Cal Rogers acceptance unconditional positive regard, respect, real 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 deep empathy for what someone's experiencing. but also there's something around the empowering of this is this something's happened here that's that's an opening um and there's a with every death with every 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 loss of being on the earth plane with someone there's a new relationship and there's a there's a new evolution isn't there of 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 self um but it can take a long time yeah
0: your book is called shamanic dreaming connecting with your inner visionary as your book more about helping people vision the life they want to live or is it about helping them achieve that vision
1: it's about the big dream really and that as as humans a part of this planet in these times there's a calling that's coming through the first act of the book is called calling there's a calling that's here for all of us collectively but it's also uh, the, the, the concept is very much that if we listen to everything, if we, just like I was talking about the death part there and the grief part, if we bring back spaces that that really listen to everything, that includes everything from um, a tree, understanding that you know, this is very much the animated way, way of um, of everything having spirit, isn't it? the tree, the flowers, you know, what I was saying about the plants there and the flowers coming through, um, the weather with its spirit. If, if we acknowledge that absolutely everything is important and we try to open up a way so that we've got this multi-communicating way again, then, and if we listen to each individual, like, I, I don't know what my calling is. The idea of what I thought I would achieve when I was 20 is totally different to um, how it is now? I'm 55, but actually, it's it's come from a process of accepting everything that's happening and listening deeply. So, in terms of deciding what the vision is, I, it, it's more of a sense of ah, there's there's something here that we're all called to be a part of in this time, and each of us is very important as a, as a crucial role. So, let's listen to the calling in you. Let's listen to the calling in um, in in everyone and um, in all of nature. And let's find a way for a harmonic to come back into being. Um, so the the book and calling with the first act really helps people to start to work with that visionary formula that I was talking about and get to that presence and listen deeply to themselves and to what's going on and what what's calling um, in the planet at large. And it's a real, I guess it's a very Aquarian, People talk a lot about the age of Aquarius at the moment, don't they? And, and just that, you know, the way of now is very much about a collective and listening to every being, including. And my guidance is that we, we're here to create the models that can enable that and come out of this guru-led culture that was more the Piscean age. Um, and, yeah, the, the the visionary way is, is that inner visionary It's the one who's got that knowing, is in touch, um, and the the reward is in us being in the right place at the right time and feeling connected and um, aligned.
0: Would you say that finding your calling would be the same as finding your purpose?
1: That's a lovely question. Probably, yeah. I used to call, this is a good one, I used to call when I was teaching the the three-year um, shamanic practitioner trainings, I used to ask everybody to have what I called a soul purpose journal and to just keep doing journeys, going walking in nature and just asking, you know, wh- wh- why am I here? And I changed it over time to be called the pathfinder journal because it felt more that actually the path, being on the path, is the way rather than or do you know what I mean rather than going oh this is my purpose of where Mm -hmm. I'm going um I don't know if that helps to kind of map it so the calling is it's something that's always there isn't it whereas the purpose seems like something that we're heading towards and it's more defined rather than being in that that place of um knowing you're on the right path
0: I think we use the word purpose a lot here on the podcast because a lot of near-death experiencers return feeling that they have a purpose. Ah. And some of them still haven't figured it out.
1: So that sounds to me like, Jeff, are you saying um, that they, they feel the meaning of their life?
0: I think that they feel like they're supposed to be here doing something. Mm. They returned for some specific reason.
1: I guess purpose and calling Allison. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Perhaps what I really like about what you said earlier was instead of getting the old you back you mm. found a new you.
1: Yeah, would you like me to talk about that? Sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. I think I mean, I don't know, do you do you like astrology as well, Jen? We talk
0: about that too.
1: Uh-huh. So I teach a bit of astrology um from a kind of archetypal kind of being in the the field of astrology with the constellation work that i that i've developed with the earth ensemble um modality and yeah i'm very much i very much feel the the planets and and where they are in the signs and houses as as almost you know you find your signature through your birth chart and you see that in other people um and help people to to find that alignment with themselves and know themselves more clearly. So the, yeah, the thing about me is I'm double Aries, I'm Aries and a moon, but it's in the 11th house, which is the house of Aquarius. But I notice in what you're saying there about the, about myself, about becoming some, you know, coming, not getting Carol back, but becoming something else that, Aries is very ego led, and it's um, it's yeah. My my journey is very much about surrendering to a form that actually I feel much safer when I know I've got a form and I've got this identity. Um, but the the journey that that you go on with grief or with um, those transformative processes that strip us is a huge dismemberment that happens. And there's a, there's a, yeah, there's a, a, a growing of self. So yeah, that coming back as someone else is probably not that I'm someone else. It's just that I'm more true to who I really am. It's more my spiritual nature rather than my um, perceived identity that I've developed through, through the association with the ego.
0: You write about brain opening and mapping. Can you tell us more about that?
1: Yeah, I've done lots of constellation work with people where I get people to act, you know, stand in and take the place to represent the different parts of the brain. And it's just fascinating when you've got like your neocortex standing there and then you've got your limbic brain standing there, which is the mammalian brain. The neocortex is the right and left hemispheres of the, um, the brain that's evolved um, with the first um, primate humans. And then the there's the reptilian brain, which you'll you'll know is that fight and flight, like ancient brain. And it's just, oh, it's just gorgeous. Just seeing someone asking questions of these different parts of the brain and making sense of themselves. And then also with the right and left part, how they can um, you know, sometimes one of them cannot come through. So with the brain mapping, one of the things that I'm doing in shamanic dreaming is helping people take to pieces that idea of you know, who we each are and, it, and just being quite playful really with, oh, let's have a look and see what the brain's brains up to. So I get people just going out in nature and just listening to the different parts, letting them guide the walking as they go along. Um, so that's the brain mapping and then the dimension mapping that I do as well. I'll talk about the string theory and just the idea that we live kind of in thought. We've got an, an easily held belief system that that will will tolerate the fact that there are four dimensions and maybe five but that you know scientists have looked at the fact that there's 11 dimensions so I get people to kind of just open up to that and, and and list what those dimensions are so it's through the power of suggestion and play really going look um who are we if we kind of open up to this and see that that our perceptions are actually um we're limited Let's open them up and have a look at what what science is showing is there and working. Um, and I found yeah, I found a lot of people have from that suggestion from playing with that are able to be more open to those visionary experiences and um, to feeling more communicate with them than they generally would um, allow.
0: It appears that your work is a lot about listening. Um, how do you determine which part of your mind to listen to?
1: That's a brilliant question. I'll tell a little story to um to talk about that one. So when I first first started what we call shamanic journeying in in um when I was learning about sham, learning about shamanism i think the real way to learn about the shamanism is to be on the path i always say to everybody that i work with you know your your teacher is your own experiences and um i'm I'm just a space holder that's, that's holding empathy and 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 understanding some of what you're going through but on the the courses that i did you know just being able to practice journey and it was at a point in my life where where I just needed to make lots of changes and was desperate to kind of come out of the darkness. So I did lots and lots and lots of, um, of journey and just, just asking and and meeting different guides and finding out please, you know, let uh, help me to kind of understand and get a sense of where I'm going next. And what I found through this, I, I kept meticulous notes for the first three months. And my ego would always say, oh, "You're making this up. You're making this up." And I'd be like, "You know, this is useless. I'm just, I'm just making it all up." But then I found that I could make certain things happen um, that actually were not particularly for me, and um what we could call spirit-led. They were, they were just that. It's a bit like you know, bending spoons. I could change reality, but my fingers would always get burnt by these things. And so it was—it was from attuning to what was the difference between what my ego wanted and what I was um, trying to make happen, and what was that surrender uh, into? Okay, what's for me? That's 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 the best thing for me. So I was when I'm working with people and helping people to to learn about a practice of working up to the visionary, just say that you know there is a difference between that knowing and that intuition that's really true and spot on. And there's a and what you're talking about with the thoughts and the and you will because um because we're powerful at times kind of um manifest these situations that uh will help you to learn the hard way um about that but for me, yeah, with with all the thoughts and everything, the thoughts you call it monkey mind as well, can't you? They they can be really convincing at times, can't they? But don't we just learn through that testing of uh, the human experience to to distinguish between them? I know for me that I need a long time to uh, to just wait and see what comes through, and you call it direct revelation as well. That. Um, Yeah. And and just over time, starting to feel the difference between a thought that I'm wishing to have and actually those hunches of, oh, yeah, this is really true.
0: I guess we're at war with trying to decide to do what's best for us or what's best for our ego. And it's always, at least in my life, it appears that it's always better to do what's best for me and not for the ego.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And isn't it from the depths of the places that we go to that um, that compassion comes through for others? It, it's almost like life can hew us, can't it, from its experiences of, of despair or grief or anguish. Yeah, and there's a longing to make things better for everyone. There's a very altruistic nature that comes out, but but also there's the... I think it's not a selfless way of being is it Jeff it's it's more about you know I'm I'm Carol you're Jeff everybody's who they each are and actually there's essential spirit in each of us that that has these loves and preferences and wants to experience and and be in life and and express in a certain way and I think it's important to know that that we can each do that, and that's impo- it's it's crucial that we each do that because that vibration is so bright and it helps the world. Um, but then there's there's that that's paired with doing doing that, and that's why I've got the calling piece. You know, what's your calling? Let's help you with that. But what's the calling for everything as well? And the when when they come together, there's this glorious hum. And then we can we can feel the communication systems that work in everything. But if I'm not aligned and listening to who I am and what my preferences and needs and um, what I'm here to be in this lifetime, that purpose that you were talking about, then um, I'm, I'm not going to be doing my part as well. So it's it's not selfish um, to yeah to be able to live that spark that we each are as well.
0: Do you believe in reincarnation?
1: I, I do yeah I've had experiences where I've been in different places and I've known, known where I am I've and I've never been there before in my life Um, when I was in India so after my grandmother died I did I I was teaching at the time and I'd I, all I'd already decided before I before she died actually that I was going to go to India and all that kept me going was knowing that I was going to I don't know. I just I had this sense that I needed to go to India and the, that something would happen there that was important and there'd be a spirituality there that would um would help me. At the time I was teaching in the city of Birmingham and I had so many different cultures in my classroom and um a lot of the, the children and the families from India I was totally totally seduced um by by the yeah the level of um connection and devotion that 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 experience from them so I went to India and I went to a place called Sanath which you might know as being the place where the Buddha it's where the the wheels of Dharma started to turn and I just knew where I was and I, I I just knew what was around the corner um I it was it, it was uncanny I, I just and I, I wasn't expecting it and it was almost like I was traveling I was living in two lives at once um so that that was my experience I actually left my passport underneath the mattress there as well and um had to go back um uh, on a rickshaw to get it but which I felt like was a bit of a symbol um about something but yeah I do believe in reincarnation and I've got a lot of time for um yeah definitely believe in reincarnation one of the experiences that I talk about in shamanic dreaming as well is when I was walking down the high street in forest uh which is where next to Fintorn Finton Press published my book um and there was a certain point on the high street where I just walked through and I I'd just get flash I just feel like I was going back through time and I mean, it wasn't a very special place. It didn't have, like, markers on it saying this is a, a portal or a ley line point, but I had a lot of different, yeah, it kept happening at that point. And I experience quite often previous lifetimes Um, and, and I've had senses of where uh, I can connect more, more than once. It's almost like an alignment.
0: Do you think that we decide our calling pre-birth
1: um i mean my experience is that there's, there's there's some kind of plan isn't there i remember when i was in india again seeing in, in one of the ashrams this is like going back 20 28 years ago 1996 97 and um it it was it was just this quote life without a plan is like a building without a blueprint um and i i thought about that so much and yeah and I still do actually like what's predetermined and what's what's not and I I don't know the answer to that but I feel as if sometimes you get in tune with that and it feels like there's a there's a truth and a knowing that there's some kind of destiny but who knows if there's different decisions at different points, what do you think? Well,
0: well, <laughs> I was wondering if we decide a calling before we come, and it's easy to get distracted in pleasing our ego while we're here. Mm. There's too many fun things to do, and we get lost sometimes.
1: Or is that decided as well?
0: That's possible. Mm. Can you tell us about your experience with the Fae?
1: yeah so there's a chapter all about connecting to the fae or the fairy or the sometimes I call them the um the the transmission level of nature um
0: do you call them elementals
1: they can be elementals as well yeah so my experience with the fae obviously comes from the flowers and what happened at my grandmother's death just that uh, at the at the funeral with the coffin like I felt like I was taken through the realms too um the flowers and the and 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 the fae then um but yeah I mean it's not like I see these little people that have got wings it's 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 like a it's like a sense of just being with something that's transmitting um and that that that's here in this world with us and is an opening but here in Scotland there are so many different stories about the fame. there's so many different sacred places uh where you you know the for example shehalian you might have heard of shehalian so one of the one of the books that I've written is called Story Compass. And um, the sequel to that story vessel is about the mountains in Scotland and, and just working with story and moving through into the, the mythical realms uh, with these five mountains. And one of them is Shehalion, which is Fairy Mountain, the she or the, or the fae. Um, and that's like the headquarters. And there's, there's, there's places there as well where, you, you know, you can you can fall into the openings the portals and then go through to the land of the ancestors as well but it's a it's, it's almost like a sense it's just like walking around and 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 just sensing a bit like with ley lines when you you suddenly know that the, that the energy is opening um but in the in the book i just i, I write out lots of the different fairy types that have been um named through law and just just ask people to start to be open to them I used to hold fire walks um at Beltane and Sawane here in Scotland and at the Beltane festival quite often I'd get people into different groups and we'd have a task and then we'd build a fire and then uh we'd we'd go into these different groups together and have um, have something that we did and then go back to the fire walk at the end when the fire had burnt down and sometimes we'd work with masks and we'd get into the different fae groups so we'd have the sylphs for air and um, the salamanders for fire the um, the gnomes as the you know the representatives of the the earth faith. Um and then people would just go and shapeshift to be the Faye in that group um, as a group together with a task and I was getting emails like a week later going Carol I'm still not fully back is this okay I was like journey going is this all right and um the Faye work yeah it's okay it's all right that just just trust they'll all come back but it was the most incredible experience of, of basically at Beltane which is the time isn't it of, of the Faye really coming up onto the into the earth realms um in spring when when that vibration is is there and strong so yeah i mean i'm a big one for just no you know just knowing what's there and then just just going into playful scenarios with people and just just joining in with nature i had this um traveling theater for 10 years that i called Drag- dragon theater it became the theater of dragon hill i used to live um in a place called wormit in fife which I'd already set up Dragon Theatre. And then I went into the local store when I first moved there. And somebody said to me, Do you know where it means the place of the dragon, the hill of the dragon? And I lived right on the side of Dragon Hill and I explored all the, you know, the land there and just used to go up and sit and listen. And um had a fairy tree there and and just got lots of it, lots of information from the ancestors about how we how we used to live when we when we opened to uh, feeling the spirit in everything and um, especially the the fairy realms it's so it's so easy here with the celtic um backdrop as well and I, I love i love all the celtic lore and reading the the stories of when humans and the the fae all lived together and co-communicated and i guess that's what we're we're looking to do isn't it we're just looking to to return to that way of being again
0: what are your favorite nature beings
1: trees (laughs) the trees the dryads yeah i mean i love all of them but i've got a book out at the end of this month as well called trees are our letters that's all about working creatively with um with the trees but yeah at some of the most difficult points of my life um which i guess is another kind of message to pass on to those who might be grieving as well it's been the trees that that have held me and understood me you know i had i had a really traumatic death once in my family that that took a lot of coming back from and it was something that i couldn't easily take to human beings it was too too traumatic to to hear so i'd go to the trees and i got to know the trees and yeah the the beech tree the cherry trees've they've, 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 all, they've all got a medicine that's so so holding
0: what is prep aligning the loop
1: prep aligning the loop okay so act two of shamanic dreaming is called loop and loop is um it's a loop of time it's a continuum of, of and it's 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 the place where we are at the moment that we're in between the ancestors and the past and the the future ones and it's all about the the communication system and 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 getting into that place of purpose actually because we've only got a purpose because we've got a past present and future there's something around and what is the calling and how how do we how do we heal the past which I work with a lot with the ancestral work that I do with the constellation work that I do how do we how do we how do we acknowledge that what we're living now is because of the past? and and you know in constellation work, it's very much that we can carry the fates of the ancestors. We can want to we've got that loyalty and love for the ancestors. so we'll we'll carry the burdens that they had unless we can go back and meet them and say, this is yours. And you know, um your fate's different to mine. i'm I'm, I'm moving forward now, but I'm leaving this with healing with you. And equally, you know, if you think about that and how much the ancestors and and what they've experienced and the genetic memories, et cetera, and the trauma that's there is affecting us. How are we affecting the future? So the the, sh- the shamanic dreaming book and the idea of visioning the future is 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 to create a future that and know that we're we've got the power to support um, what happens next. So with the with the prep work for that then I'm just basically setting the setting the scene um for working with the ancestors, present times and the future ones, um, and getting people to again connect with that visionary formula and um, start to start to ponder the adventure of, of what we're in, living in this really This place of great potential.
0: You write about the three pillars. Can you tell us more about that?
1: Those pillars are what I was speaking about earlier with the triangle, um, the nature, knowing and trust pillars, um, and then presence in the center.
0: Can you give us some practical examples today on how to help vision our future?
1: so I would say let's try and put that into three things so the first thing that I would say practically is what I think most spiritual um inspirers uh people that that hold that role would say it's about being in the present and holding gratitude and uh, a sense of meaningfulness about each of our lives and 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 why we're here and and it's by holding that yeah that 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 practical sense of actually I'm here and I'm here for a reason and um I'm gonna hold as much gratitude as I can for the fact that I'm here and and start to see that everything that I do, start to really believe that everything that I do has a has an effect on things. So there's simple things within that, that first piece about holding gratitude, holding kindness for for others, and and yeah, just living in a way that's that's connecting and and holds reverence and honor for life. And then the second one that I'd bring in practically is to have some kind of practice that that enables each of us to open up, to communicate with the, the bigger picture. So whether it be in the book, I'm talking about journeying or voyaging, uh, vision voyaging, I sometimes call it as well, where we're, we're working with um, going into the dream time. So I often say in teaching, shamanic work we dream when we're asleep we go into that visionary place every night when we're asleep and actually we can we can tap into that and start to have these messages and thoughts in our daytimes as well in what we couldn't sometimes call daydreaming but if we consciously have a practice where we're opening up to that and just starting to communicate with what's there through um through going into that place of listening and and opening up and consciously journeying or through being in nature and just being with different parts of nature and being with a tree, being with the sea and just starting to sense who we are, then the realms can open. And then the third thing practically that I would suggest is to, yeah, is to, to journal, to, to, to write down or to, to make note of uh, what, what you're feeling as as a, a dreams or as as wishes or as things that are important to each of you and starting to write down notes about what you're getting so it almost like be a piece of research because there's something around we can imagine think that we're imagining all of these things because we're not told that they're important you know there's very much belief systems that that are this is what's real and nothing else is so the more that we can bring it into this reality the more we can create images of it i think that's one of the reasons why the ancient egyptians had so many pictures of the gods and goddesses everywhere and other civilizations would would have that too or um you know the 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 goddess markings and and things as well it's because it's 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 there and it's alive even though it might not feel like it's in the same realm so yeah writing down and um I often call it creating manifestos where you're 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 going in and you you're writing down what it is that, that that's there that you're ready for or you're writing down what it is that you're getting messages about that are meaningful for you and keep reminding oneself about these. Um, And then there's that co-creation that can happen, and there's the bringing it into this realm that can happen.
0: I noticed that your book is written like a play with acts and scenes. Why did you format it that way?
1: Because I feel like we're in a play, you know, and this is the theater, theater of life that we're in. Um, Yeah, so I wanted to... Wanted that to be a concept for it. That we've got um yeah, it's it's our lives are our theater and um we're all in it together.
0: If people want to reach out to you and ask you questions about your book or anything else, are you open to that?
1: Of course, yeah.
0: What's the best way to reach you?
1: Well, I have a website. Um, I know I was introduced at the beginning of the podcast as being the center of creative vision. That that was my old website, but because I more chip I changed the name recently, but you can still find me by putting the center of creative vision in and it will take you to um the new website, which is creative And um I changed my name to be Creative Earth Ensemble because I it th- felt like it went more with the more with the sentiment and the ethos of 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 how i am that I, I believe you know we're an ensemble together in this earth at this time and i'm not a center for anything i'm actually i'm a part of something bigger and just trying to find out with with everyone else how we let that um take the stage so yeah go on the website and there's um there's a contact form on there so you can contact me and there's the email address on there as well for me
0: do we find your book on your website or on amazon
1: well you can find it on both of those uh the publisher is fintom press so fintom press have um they're they're part of um inner traditions So Inner Traditions website lists all the different booksellers, you know, the stores that you can get the book from as well. Uh, So that's a good, a good place to go. But if you basically, if you Google Shamanic Dreaming, Carol Day, it'll give you lots of different options.
0: Before we finish up, can you leave us with one last positive message?
1: what's coming through to say is that the earth is singing to us all the time all the different members of the earth community are communicating with us all the time and so just to maybe just keep pausing and remembering that and be open to what is communicating what what's communicating with you what's trying to get your attention right now and keep listening to that because certain certain members of the earth community or certain senses of things will keep on returning to you and there's that expression isn't there that's what's for you won't go by you but it's 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 the pausing and it's the the trusting and the listening um and a a web starts to open that's so magical
0: carol thank you for that message and thank you for being my
1: guest Thank you very much for letting me be your guest. And thank you, everybody, for listening.
0: Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara podcast. I really appreciate you. Another way to show support is through YouTube memberships. And if you do, there are loyalty badges and other perks depending on your level of membership. All you need to do is click the join button underneath the video to find out more. Thank you for your support.